Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 15 of Charmed. Merry-go-round. Because oh. <laughs> uh. okay. they're getting married. married yeah. it's, it's a single entendre. Okay, can I just say... If they're getting married on a carousel. Yeah, or if... I don't know, there was a time loop or something. There you go. Yeah, merry-go-round. Okay, can I just say, this is honestly, I think, one of my favorite episodes of Charmed. I We talked about it while we were watching it. We do both love the, like, improvised wedding trope. Yeah, which is specific. It seems really specific, but it shows up in so many different things. Oh, yeah, it always happens in weddings. But I love that there's an evil take on the improvised wedding trope. Also, I think it really helps, and I know this is this is a bad thing to say about Charmed, but I think it really kind of helps that Cole is essentially the protagonist of this episode. It does help. I, I want to be clear about something right now. Okay. I don't really have a problem with this episode. It might sound, as we go through it, like I do, because... Oh, there's a lot to talk about in this but why is phoebe such a bitch in this episode i know she's she's not possessed or anything as you pointed out while we were watching the episode she's not possessed she's just awful for for no reason and she's making bad choices and then punishing other people for those bad choices i mean the the bridezilla-ness of phoebe is off the charts in this episode is she wearing another one of grams's magic rings and we just don't know right by the way this is the episode where phoebe and cole finally get married okay so phoebe's been doubting her you know engagement to cole all season he's had to propose to her like four different times she finally said yes for real the third time, I think, last uh-huh. episode. And now we're just head on into the marriage. Okay, so since we're jumping right into it, the episode opens with them at a church, like, talking about all of the stuff they've got together, right? They've got the invites, they've got the flowers, they've got the caterer, they've got the guests booked, because the wedding is happening, like, the next day piper spent like half a season planning for her wedding weddings take a lot especially like a big church wedding which this is for some reason phoebe do you not remember what your religion is i guess that they were raised vaguely christian they were raised vaguely christian because the uh priest or whatever back in way way back in season one when piper was scared about going into a church Like, the priest referenced the fact that he hadn't seen Phoebe since she left for New York. Because remember, she used to live in New York. She used to live in New York. But, and honestly, I do kind of see Graham's, although obviously her main commitment is to witchcraft, I could really see her thriving in a church environment. Oh, yeah. She's She's got some church lady energy. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow, somehow they managed to pull this all together. Yeah, like... Our wedding was very simple. Yeah, we had a courthouse wedding. We had a courthouse wedding, which, as we've discussed on the show multiple times, courthouses are nice. They're very nice buildings. Our the place we got married was very pretty. I yeah yeah. I am I'm all in favor of courthouse weddings. Like people always talk about it, like it's like going to the DMV, but it's like no, you're in a. uh, I guess I can't speak for every court, but 
we were in like a really nice room with wood paneling like a church like well because you're usually usually the weddings are performed in kind of the older courthouses yeah so it's yeah it's nice it's classic yeah it's cheap yes it is visually not that distinct from churches like the place we got married i wasn't a big church going person as a child but like i i went to theater camp in a church like i know what churches look like and it looked more or less like a church plus i think our wedding pictures in front of the courthouse are way cooler than like wedding pictures at a church would be not to be super defensive about this but our point is even we got married at the courthouse and that took like a couple months to put together yeah it did it did and like four people came to our wedding we kept it small on purpose it was, well, it's, it's a courthouse it was, wedding yeah it was more than four people but well so we had a very small ceremony and then afterwards we had a party to like celebrate the wedding and honestly like as we're getting ready for the party i was like i hate parties why are we doing this we're already married (laughs) yes why are we letting people into our house we don't have to do that anymore god i see maybe it's just because i didn't I, i haven't gone to a ton of weddings in my life but like i see adas or whatever i hear people talking about Oh, we had 250 people at our wedding. How? How did you have 250 people at your wedding? I, I don't I don't get... Well, I guess what usually happens is, like, both parents have large social circles, and then they have to invite everybody in their social circles. God, I guess. Like, obligation invites. Anyway, so Phoebe is very upset that her perfect wedding is being ruined because they can't throw rice because it will make the bird's stomach explode, which isn't a real thing, by the way. It's just an urban legend. No. And I mean, I guess that's good. She, she's she's upset because Piper's like, everyone's going to be throwing rice. And she's like, no, there'll be exploding birds everywhere. And Piper's like, okay, then we'll throw bird seed or we'll do balloons. And Phoebe's like, you can't do balloons. They'll fly into the ocean and go up a whale's nostrils. That and then- will do the bird seed, Phoebe. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she gave you three options, one of which you have no clear objections to. A uh, family friend at her wedding, uh, which, God, that marriage did not last. But uh, they did bubbles, which I thought was cute. That's that was- like the thing now that people do. Yeah, and it's nice. And it's it's cute. And, you know, it's not an environmental disaster. Plus bubbles. Bubbles are fun. Yeah, I've also seen uh, where everybody holds sparklers while they run out. That's nice. Yeah. All right, so Paige comes into the church, and by the way, looking really good in this, like, red top she's wearing. Oh, yeah, Paige looks really good this whole episode. Her makeup game is, like, on point. But, okay, I do... she's a very beautiful woman. Yes, of course. I do have to say, this one, this one is on Paige. Because Paige comes into the church, and she does not have the dress, and Phoebe is like, where's the dress? And she's like, don't worry, the bridal shop is open late tonight. I'll go get it before I go to the rehearsal dinner. Paige, what else did you have to do? You didn't have to meet her at the church. Go get the freaking dress. Instead of making everyone nervous by waiting till the last second. Yeah, this is the one point where Phoebe is reasonably upset at Paige in this episode. It's all bullshit from this point on, but... Especially, like, no one needs you at the church right now. Go get it now, girl! Come on! I mean, this is the sort of thing I would be super nervous about. Like, I would get it done first thing. Although, oh, then I'd be worried about having it all day. Ooh, 
you know, it's a, it's a careful balance you need to strike. Well, but go, go get it now. Yeah, go get it before bringing it to the church. Get it into Phoebe's hands as quickly as possible so it's not your responsibility. Especially when you're the sister that nobody knew about until the beginning of this season that they, like, blame for everything. Yeah, I was going to say, what's Phoebe doing? She's not in college anymore and she doesn't have She's a job yet. She's worried about the wedding! Well, apparently she threw this whole thing together in, like, a week, so, I mean, oh. I guess she's doing a lot of stuff. Oh, please, this, this was all Piper. You know that. This was all Piper. Piper had to get married in the front hallway. She's like, no, we're getting one real wedding in this family. It doesn't make any sense that they were able to throw this together so quickly. Maybe it's magic. Well, we know they don't use magic because they're so worried about personal gain. Anyway. The seer is spying on them and she's like, oh my God. Oh my God. This bullshit. How are these the people we're having so much trouble killing? A very good question. A very good question. She also tells not Cole, but the source, because it's now like 100% the source, 0% Cole. Yeah, well, well. The, uh, sor- the source is like, there's still a kernel of Cole who exists in the back tooth of my possession of his body. This metaphor fell apart on me. But like, there's still a little human part of Cole who's fighting back, who I, the source of all evil, who am Cole... I, I do kind of like the way the source merges with whoever it is because it means that the previous source was his own different guy. Yeah. Like, when you merge with the source, you bring yourself into it. Also, just to clarify for the future, when people are being mean to Cole... It the... is very clear Cole is possessed here. Yes. This is the source. This is not Cole. Like, it's the source that's walking like Cole and talking like Cole, but it's not Cole. To paraphrase Buffy when they talk about what vampires do. It's essentially what vampires do when they take over your body. Like, the thing that they leave, the thing that is left behind when a vampire turns you looks like you, talks like you, and has your memories, but it is a different being. Yes, exactly. Anyway, the seer tells the source that she foresaw Phoebe having a child, a super, super powerful child. And if they get married in a normal wedding, the child will be good. But if they get married in the dark way, the child will be... Theirs. Yes. So Cole has to get married in the dark way, which means he has to get married in a cemetery at night by a dark priest and also has to drink Phoebe's blood. Okay, I really like this. I I real I know you didn't care for it as much. Just the last bit. I I like the concept of it and I like the way they put it together. It's only the like I I felt like they came up with all the things and then they were like Cole has to find a way to manipulate the wedding so that all of this happens. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that. It's only the drinking blood thing felt like they were like, "Ah, oh, what's the last thing to throw in there?" I'm sorry. The drinking blood thing is my favorite because I love the way Cole pulls it off. It is such a well-done way to subtly drink someone's blood during a wedding that feels like you're not just going out of your way to drink someone's blood during a wedding. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Phoebe and Cole's child is going to be a omnipotent god baby, but it will be a good omnipotent god baby unless uh, they get married in a dark way. Someone should tell... Uh, Someone should tell them that so they don't have to worry about Wyatt quite so right? much. Right? 
Also, I felt witches had a 24 hour where they got wet to, you know, choose whether to be good or evil. This show has such a weird concept of what good and evil actually is. Yeah, like, shouldn't it be the kid's choice? Whether no, there's, there's no, there's no free will in the charmed universe, especially not when you're a magical being. I'm sorry, Wyatt's parents were married in the light way, and Wyatt had his fucking wickening and everything, and yet somehow he still became evil in that one alternate future. Well, you know, I've kind of been hinting at it, but Cole's gonna get blamed for being evil for the rest of the series, even though, as we stated... He is possessed. Obviously possessed. Ugh. Anyway, back at the Hallowell Manor, they're having the rehearsal dinner. I was a little annoyed that they were having the rehearsal dinner at the Hallowell Manor, but I guess they threw everything else together so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, something's gotta give. Yeah. So they do the thing where Cole gives his groomsmen their groomsmen's gifts, and he his groomsmen are Victor, the the, the girl's dad. Leo and Daryl, because as he says, you're the only people I know. Fair, fair. It's great. It's really great. Honestly, I I love the charmed men's dynamic. It's weird how everyone's constantly dominating Leo. <laughs> yeah, so he gives them their groomsmen's gift, which are golf balls with their names like lasered onto them, which is such a like hacky basic groomsman gift and leo's like i don't golf and so victor just flat out takes his golf balls yeah and leo's like well like i could learn how to golf and victor's like shut up leo <laughs> like I, i'm just imagining victor like out on the driving range and they're like so leo and he's like no my uh my balls are named leo <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Leo was so happy to throw Cole under the bus to Victor? Oh, yeah. Like, during his wedding? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was totally during his wedding, because that's when he first met Victor. And, or, oh, I guess it was before, no, I guess it was before his wedding. No, I, no, I, well, yeah, before, but, yeah, right. when, yeah, because Victor's like, I hope you're not getting married in one of those dumb white lighter robes. And Leo's like, yeah, no, I totally wasn't planning on doing that. I'm going to get married in a suit. Hey, Cole's a demon. Why don't we focus on that? So Phoebe gives her sisters their bridesmaids gifts, which are much nicer and better thought out. The little baskets with like... <laughs> to be fair, Cole is literally possessed by the source of all evil. So like it's understandable that his groomsmen gifts would be a bit generic and cold. <laughs> that, you know what? That is fair. That is fair. So... Phoebe's bridesmaid's gift includes a set of tarot cards, which she gives them because she's going to be off on her honeymoon with Cole, so they're going to need to do their own divinating. And as you pointed out when we were watching this episode, the one tarot reading that we see Paige do is just so much better at preminating anything than anything Phoebe has done around this entire situation. Paige is like, oh, cool, tarot cards. She does a reading and immediately figures out what the seer's plan is. Yeah, so she she does a, she does a spread. She does a three-card spread for the past, the present, and the future. And the card she pulls for the past is the uh, lovers. The lovers. The one she pulls for the present is... Okay, so... We get to talk about tarot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I was super into tarot when I was in high school. So the card she pulls for the present is 
the Three of Swords. It is the Three of Swords. It's you, weird. You I, even see the Three Swords. And, and you see the, uh, the iconography that is associated with the Three of Swords in general, which are three swords piercing a heart. That's generally what, what the iconography of the Three of Swords is. But this card doesn't say, it doesn't say Three of Swords. It says despair which is an interpretation of the three of swords. So it's like this, this tarot deck must be like tarot for dummies. It's, it's, a, it's a tarot thing that doesn't come with a little booklet that tells you what each card means. It said the cards are just labeled because when she flipped it over and it said despair, we were like, there's no despair card. And then I was like, wait, because I, I like paused it. I'm like, wait, hold on. That's a, that's a sword card. So yeah. I paused it to see what it was. I'm like, okay, it's the three of swords, which I would argue... It's more accurate to call it betrayal. Which, you know what, really works well in this context. <laughs> right? But, you know, whatever. Whatever. Constance... We get the same vibe. Constance and Burge doesn't work on this show anymore. You're right. A anyway, and then the final card is the Happy Bunny card. I oh, Wait, I'm sorry. The final <laughs> card is death, which, again, does not mean death. It means change. It means which... change. Which also works. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess it's fair. I'm... <laughs> I think it's the happy squirrel. You're right. It is the happy squirrel. It is the happy squirrel card is the Simpsons reference. I just... Which is the thing I think of every time death is... Like, the death card is used in pop culture, the Simpsons immediately fills the gap in my brain that makes me unable to have normal conversations with people the thing about tarot is that there actually is a card that is a super super ominous sign when it appears in a spread and that is the tower and i know that that's not as scary sounding as death but i really wish more shows that are doing tarot would take advantage of that like if it had been the lovers the three of swords and the tower that would be like oh fuck but that probably wouldn't read to people who weren't familiar with tarot. I, Even though it, it is a much more sinister hand. I mean, I guess not now, but maybe if we would lay the, the groundwork for people to understand that the death card isn't a big deal. I mean, I think people generally know that the death card in tarot isn't actually death. Because of The Simpsons. <laughs> I don't think it's just because of The Simpsons. But... It's a very popular show. <laughs> anyway, she does the spread. Cole sees it and she's like, oh, huh. Guess my uh, card reading skills need some polishing up. And Phoebe comes back into the room. And she's like, what did it say? And Paige is like, oh, nothing. Which is the least suspicious way to respond to that question. By the way, again, Paige looks amazing. Oh, yeah, she really does. It, kind, it doesn't quite hit this level, but it kind of reminds me of the, like, mid-later seasons of Once Upon a Time where they were glamming Regina up to, like, kind of a ridiculous degree. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that Lana Priya wasn't already beautiful, but... Of course. So, Cole has a plan. Cole's plan is basically Spike's plan from the Yoko Factor. Yes. And it's... Spoiler alert! You know what? No, I take it back. I was going to say it's just as successful, but actually it is successful, so never mind. Yeah, Cole, better at this shit than Spike. Spike did get everyone into the initiative. Yeah, but, but I mean... They would have been there anyway to stop Adam, so... Yeah. It's, it's more a situation where they kind of didn't really need to, uh, like, 
Adam could have just sent Buffy an email saying, yo, I'm going to go to the initiative, kill everyone, and make an army of half-demon crossbeads come fight me. Right. I mean, if anything, I feel like in the Yoko Factor, Spike pushes, because they've been having... They've been having difficulties all season, and if anything, I feel like at the end of that episode, he pushes them to the point where they have to acknowledge that they've been having fallouts and come back together. Yeah, because otherwise, people do just drift apart, and that was definitely what was happening there. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Spike is a failure, and but Cole is not. Cole, his plan is to... Turn everyone against Paige. Right. Well, he he wants to get everybody fighting. He wants to get them to the point where they realize they have to cancel the wedding. So he goes up. I'm sorry. I love how this super does not work. I mean, you know what? You're right. You're right. I said Cole was more successful than Spike, but none of this works. The only thing that actually works is the thing the seer does. Yeah, the the seer foresees this all being a bullshit waste of time, digs up a Lazarus demon and points him towards the charmed ones. And by the way, this matters because they cancel the, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. We're getting to it. But they cancel the wedding because there's a demon attacking them at their wedding. So they need to, you know, cancel the wedding. But also it's a demon that has to be buried in a cemetery to get them to the cemetery for the, for the fake, not the fake wedding, for the, the dark wedding. Yeah. So. Sears good at what she does. Yeah. Give that girl a raise. Hashtag girl boss. Also, a uh, we skipped over it in the opening, but Phoebe, when they're in the church, Phoebe screams to the heavens that there are no supernatural beings of any kind allowed at her wedding, which should mean that Leo is not allowed to go. But. Yeah, I'm like, I, there's a lot of supernatural beings in your life, Phoebe, well, including she, arguably you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> arguably. It's page... Paige is a better precog using tarot cards. And later in the episode where the Greek gods come back, you know, the, I'm sorry, the Titans come back and the Tron ones need to become Greek gods to fight them. Uh huh. You know how they get forewarned about the Titans coming back? Paige has a prophetic dream. Oh. Paige. Anyway, Cole goes upstairs. And by goes upstairs, I mean he uses his demon power to, to teleport upstairs. Because somebody just wants to get caught. So Cole's being very obvious this whole episode. So he goes up to the attic and he takes Phoebe's dress and makes it ginormous. So now instead of a size 2, it's like a size 20. And he changes the label so it looks like Paige picked up the wrong dress. Yeah, it's like Bertha Eubanks or something. It's like Mildred Foote. Yeah, I, I think I think you got it. It's it's a unappealing name. The thing about this is, I know it's technically like stealing or whatever, but it's it's not even. I guess it might loosely fall under the blanket of personal gain. The fact that it's the wrong wedding dress is going to be a giant giant thing for Phoebe. Uh huh. Why doesn't Paige just drive? to the store and orb switch the dresses personal I, gain i feel i think that comes up later 
but honest to God, Piper used her freezing power for sex. I feel like you have a little wiggle room when it comes to your powers. Piper used her freezing power to not break dishes in the kitchen. Like... Piper used her freezing power to get the job at Quake. Oh, yeah, she did. Granted, it was the first time she used them ever, but, like, your active powers are a freebie in general, I feel. <laughs> like, I don't think you get dinged for personal gain for, say, orbing places. Oh, but you're forgetting. This is Paige. Paige, the one person who personal gain definitely, definitely applies to. Uh, anyway, Cole is going to go stay at a hotel because he can't stay with Phoebe the night before the wedding because tradition and all that stuff. Phoebe and her terrible little bangs watch him go off, sadly. Cole is looking way better in this episode, by the way. He was all sweaty and disheveled in a not super attractive way last episode. He looked bad last episode. He looked really bad last episode. I think that was supposed to show the way that the source was like... Yeah, now overtaking that... him and he was like trying to fight it off like a fever or whatever yeah now that the source is almost entirely in control it, he's he's much better he's back to his... he's he's super hot like evil always is just the fact that he's like right phoebe i have to stay in a hotel so that i don't you know see you more before the wedding it's a thing people do it i'm not gonna yeah do i guess for there's it. a lot of i guess there's a lot of weird stuff around weddings yeah, there is. Yeah. So, in the cemetery, the seer is having this dark priest dig up a Lazarus demon. I love how he's like, I haven't seen you at dark church recently. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'll throw an extra human soul into the collection plate. And I'm like, what is this, reboot Sabrina? <laughs> yeah, right? So he he calls out that the fact that she's being all active and having him dig up demons must mean there's a new source out and about. And she's like, well, I'm not saying one way or the other. And he's like, mm, mm. can you pass on what I'm doing to the new source? Yeah, tell the source that I, uh, I'm helpful. I will, uh, I will serve the new source. Also, she goes through the whole thing about how the source is going to have a son and she's going to basically be the power behind the throne. Which, whatever, we, we get that. We, we, we've we been watching. We understand. We understand what the seer is. Yes, the uh, the Dark Priest, in a bit of foreshadowing, I'm almost 100% sure was unintended, even though it works very well. He's like, and you're going to be the hand that rocks the cradle. Wait, what do you mean by... I? A, how is that unintentional foreshadowing? Well, because I assume that they weren't actually planning to resolve the phoebe is pregnant storyline with the seer stealing the baby and then dying horribly that's entirely possibly what they were planning but it seems like a weird direction to willingly go into got it got it because i i honest to god always assumed that the way they end up resolving the seer phoebe pregnancy storyline was literally just because they were they wrote themselves into a corner because i cannot imagine that being the long-term plan got it yeah yeah especially because phoebe never mentions the baby again and like that is i i I know that's a thing that but like that is the sort of thing that would really 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 mess you up do you think that that's we should discuss this later but do you think that's why she gets so weird later with needing to have a 
baby. Yeah, she is kind of obsessed with that for like two seasons. Oh, I'm actually really excited to talk about this, even though it's a very dark and depressing mm-hmm. thing. Because like this whole seer taking the baby into herself, then claiming it was always her baby thing. Yeah. Like that's supposed to alleviate feet. Like Phoebe's not supposed to feel bad. And, and in the end, she's like, well, it was never mine. So I guess I can't be sad. And I'm like, that's not really the way that works. That's not how people work. Like even assuming that that's the case and that really, that whole thing makes no sense. Uh-huh. Like the seer made the baby herself and she just sent the separate bits of it into Phoebe and Cole's junk. Like that doesn't make any sense. Anyway. But, like, even if the baby was never Phoebe's, it was still, like, growing inside of her. She's, there's, there's a connection there. Yeah. I, we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very complicated thing. So, you know what is weird about, you know what's weird? What? Straight people. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. Cole is mixing up an evil potion to make the sisters fight or whatever. And and his evil scheming is interrupted when a whole bunch of party dudes show up to throw Cole a bitchin' bachelor party. Leo, Victor, and Daryl show up to have a bachelor party for him. Oh my god, and it's Victor, the worst. Victor, who I will remind you again, is Phoebe's father has brought pornographic films from his personal collection he wishes to remind you yes hey 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 cole you know the porn you're gonna watch with your soon-to-be father-in-law your soon-to-be brother-in-law and fucking daryl you know the porn that you're all gonna be watching and jerking it to in short order yeah, that's from Victor's private collection. This is the porn that your soon-to-be wife's dad uses to masturbate. What the fuck is wrong with... Oh my god. This is why I don't have guy friends. This right here is why I don't have guy friends. I don't understand straight guys watching porn together anyway. It doesn't make Which any sense. It's a thing. I know it's a thing they do. I don't get it. Like, honest to God, the closest I've ever gotten to that is my friend Tyler rented a bunch of vintage pornography and had a bunch of us watch it in his living room while he painted us. He was a conceptual artist. Oh my God, that sounds so pretentious. Yeah. Okay. And believe me, no one was masturbating during that. Oh my God. Also, notably porn, not noted for its historical accuracy. Yeah, that's generally true. Yeah. I mean, I I know it's not what we're here for, but we're not going to try a little bit harder here. I mean, okay, well, as long as we're talking about, like, porn and, like, trying hard with porn. The Alice in Wonderland musical porn parody. Oh, I love the Alice in Wonderland musical porn parody. I think it's so well done. I think it's beautiful. It is. It's... I've had songs from it legitimately stuck in my head. Again, I watched it with a bunch of people back in college. But it's like, because it's just a regular movie except people have sex sometimes. And it's like the seven, it's like a 70s porn. So it's just like, it's just like pleasant. 
weirdly shot sex. But no, no, I was going to talk about this Game of Thrones porn parody that I saw. And I went looking... Isn't that, like, redundant, basically? Okay, yes, it is. But I went looking for it later because of this one thing I'm about to tell you, and I couldn't find it. And I'm so disappointed I couldn't find it again. Because instead of dragons... Instead of, like, trying to do a CGI, instead of trying to do anything that would look, like, weird or cheap or whatever for the dragons, they had little cats wearing dragon suits in front of a green screen, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen! Oh my god, that sounds awesome! It was so good! I was gonna say just Tad Cooper it, but now that's... It was amazing. And they're like little green screened in, like little chromo keyed, chroma keyed in cats. Oh my God. It was amazing. I, I wish I could find it again. I, I should just ask people at the establishment where it was playing, uh, what, what version it was. Yes. Cause I, I, I searched all of the usual search terms to find it and could not do so. Anyway. Anyway, heterosexuality ruins Cole's evil plan. I mean, is there anything it can't ruin? I'm honest to God surprised Daryl showed up for this. I know. Like, I Okay, but I have to I have to think that at least part of him was like, this is gonna be a train wreck. <laughs> okay. You know what, if you're going into it with that in mind, then yes. Oh, and, and you know what? Let's not sleep on Leo, okay? Because Leo Oh my god, Leo is so hungry for male <laughs> friendship. He's so hungry for the male touch here it's and he has he has no idea what like male friendship what bachelor parties he has no idea what any of this looks like outside of i assume like films so he comes in and he's like i've got potato chips and i've got poker chips i've got chips and it's like oh dude leo is so earnest so thirsty he is very off-putting personally i enjoy it i like it when leo's kind of a huge dork which he is a lot good news for you (laughs) makes me extra excited for the dark leo stuff god i love dark leo it's funny to watch this realizing that brian krauss was like Boning all the extras? Yes, that he was like, that he's out here being like sincere, naive Leo, and backstage he's just boning all of the extras. Yeah, he, he's a super doofy, super nice guy, and in real life he's presumably yep. less of that. I do like that him and Holly Marie Combs are friends in real life, though. Did, did you think of that because you were thinking of that one video we saw when they were at a con and somebody asked them what they took home from set? I was thinking about the fact that uh, they are our competitors now because they also do a Charmed podcast. They are, yes. Anyway. Yeah, the- we're, we're beefing with you guys now. <sighs> you should come on to our show so you can beef with us. Yeah, they should definitely do that. Hey, I mean, we have we have stated on many occasion that Holly Marie Combs is the best thing about the show, so. Yeah, we've been really nice to her. <laughs> Which, to be fair, she is. Piper's, like, my ride-or-die character for Charmed. I love Piper so much. Piper Supremacy Forever. I mean, you know what? I'm starting to think that my sister's Paige. Like, the further we really? get the further we get into season four, the more I love Paige. And honestly, reading Rose McGowan's book, I thought I was going to... I thought it was going to make me hate Paige. 
to kind of have all of this floating in the back of my head about Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. but instead it's, it's done the opposite. It's made me like appreciate her on a different level. So yeah, I think, I think I might be all about Paige. Wow. Yeah. Were you a Piper person before or, or were you a Phoebe person? I can see, I can see that because Phoebe starts off as like, I mean, I was always a Piper person, but Phoebe does start off as like a really. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely Phoebe in like the first two or three seasons, but man, if she, and if she wasn't intolerable before in this episode, she is truly, truly intolerable. And I will let our audience know that next episode is the introduction of Ask Phoebe. So, Yay. yeah, it's all downhill from there. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm honestly really excited to be getting into the these seasons of Charmed. I, I, I know I've mentioned it so many times, but I'm so ready to talk about Chris. Oh my god, yes. So, back at the manor, Paige keeps doing readings, and she keeps coming up with the same three cards over and over again, and it's like, look... Let me tell you my personal experience with tarot. Mm -hmm. Every time the cards have told me something and I've thought, oh, but that can't mean what it obviously means. I'm going to come up with some weird off-the-wall interpretation instead. No. It meant what it said it meant. (laughs) Like, the cards were like, you know, later the cards came back to me and were like, bitch, I said what I said. (laughs) So... That's kind of what's happening here, where Paige just keeps trying to get a different reading, and the cards are like, no. I mean... I said what I said. That is sort of what tarot cards do, though. They give you a heads up in a way that's not particularly useful until whatever happens has happened. Also known as all prophecy ever. Yeah. So, Paige goes to Piper and is like, hey, Piper, um, I'm getting this really terrible reading. And Piper's like stop hating Cole! Yeah, Piper goes on this weird defensive Cole rant about how, you know, you know, we you weren't even around when he was trying to kill us, Paige. Stop being such a goddamn baby about Cole. Alright, so upstairs, the Wicked Witch is trying on the gown. <laughs> Phoebe is throwing a literal temper tantrum. The gown is too big for her. And her wedding is ruined, and she's going to throw Paige into a wood chipper. She is... Yeah, no, a temper tantrum is the word for it. And look, I get it. I get being frustrated. But, like... I know blah 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 personal gain, but you know two people who can teleport. Three, I know, I know. (laughs) That's not even... That's not even the issue. Like... You know what? You know what? You're not a fucking princess, okay? Everybody keeps talking about the Cinderella thing and how she's like... Oh, yeah, it comes up in this episode again, too. I thought it was just a one-off thing but in, until the fairy tale episode, but no, it's Phoebe Cinderella. Yeah, she wants a perfect wedding just like Cinderella. Well, you know what? Maybe the mice can make you a better dress, okay? Like... <laughs> it's Paige the mice here. I guess she kind of is. But... Uh... I mean, okay, I, I guess I have my own biases. I've had two weddings and zero white dresses. I just, I don't feel like it's the worst thing in the world that this dress isn't working. You have a massive wardrobe. I feel like you can put something together that's beautiful. Also, I know blah, 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 personal cane, but as we saw last episode, that only counts for Paige. Like, magic up your damn dress. 
I just, I don't feel like this is the disaster she's making it out to be. Also, not to keep beating a dead horse, but oh my god, you know two people who can teleport. This is literally not an issue at all. <sighs> yeah, it's it's really not. Although the way that they say they're going to solve it is that Paige is going to stay up all night and take in all of the seams. And that's just... Not how clothes work? Well, no, I mean, she could. It's, it's funny, if Cole really wanted to fuck over Phoebe, he would have made the dress too small. Because then there would have been no nothing to do. Honestly... Wouldn't it be like a different cut or something if it was for a bigger bride? Or is that just not how clothes work? I, I, I admittedly don't know much about it clothes. It is unrealistic that a woman who is so big that the dress is swimming on Phoebe would be wearing the same dress that she's wearing. But we did see Cole... We did see what he did to it, and all he did was make it wider. So, mm. and again, this is actually pretty easy to fix. Actually, that would have been a really good way for him to be caught out if they did try teleporting into Switch and they realized that there was no... Yeah, that there was no dress for Phoebe. Yeah. Okay, so the dress has some sort of beading on it. That's going to complicate things as far as, as far as fixing the seams. But honestly... Assuming Paige knows how to sew and has a sewing machine, like taking in those. Ooh, new Paige fun fact. That should have been a spe- uh, that should have been a segment. What? Paige knows how to sew. This is something Paige has always been able to do. It's true. It's true. Like her art in the Muse episode. But anyway, yes, exactly. But anyway, taking in those seams is not a big deal. It's really, really not. Like wedding gowns are really, really highly tailored, so. It's not going to be as good as it probably was. But also, let's be honest, Phoebe's already skinny. Like, no, you know, like pretty skinny girls. They don't they don't need as much tailoring. Uh-uh. I, I, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say they look good in anything. And I was going to say, Phoebe has challenged that concept many times over the course of this show. <laughs> She, she doesn't need it to be structured and flattering. It, it just needs to, like, literally not she, fall off her body. She could wear it like it is now, that big on her, and I would just think it was a choice she was making. Well, I mean, that's Phoebe. Yeah. I, like, she, she, she said work outfits that make that look modest. Especially because she's wearing, like, the, the very old-fashioned uh structure undergarments that you wear under a wedding dress like yeah where'd you find those whale bones baby oh that she probably bought them at the bridal shop that's like the one time that you really wear stuff like that Mm. is when you get married anyway my point is phoebe you're a witch do we need to do this like white wedding bullshit which i guess is kind of cole's theme for this episode isn't it Mm. This whole episode could have been an Ada. <laughs> All right, so now the Lazarus demon shows up and is like, ah, I'm a demon. Yeah, this is not a good episode for Piper not being thrown into walls. Piper gets a lot of thrown into walls. He telekinetically blasts Piper into a wall, and then Paige... Honestly, Paige really takes control of the situation, she orbs a sword through the demon. Yeah, and he kerplodes, and Phoebe's like, fix my dress. That, that, this is the point at which I point, at, at which I turned to you when we were watching it, and was like, okay, 
Phoebe is not possessed. This is just how she's acting. Hey, Phoebe, did you forget how your other sister died? Maybe be a little more concerned about Piper right now. Anyway, Cole and Leo show up because Leo sensed the sister's call and Cole was so worried. And when they tell him what happened and they realize, and he realizes it was a Lazarus demon, Cole's like, well, so has it regenerated yet? Because that's what Lazarus demons do. They keep regenerating and they get stronger every time. So I know, uh, I know he's possessed by the source or whatever, so he's not. But it kind of would have been neat to play up Cole being the show's Anya more. Yes! Yes! Like, that would have been a cool thing to see more of, but... Eh. But no. Anyway, the Lazarus demon does, in fact, regenerate. And there's this really cool thing where the Lazarus demon, like, throws Paige and Leo... Uh, uh, not Paige, Piper. Throws Piper and Leo again. You're right! Piper gets thrown around a lot in this episode. Yeah. Anyway, it throws Piper and Leo, and Paige orbs the couch underneath Piper to catch her. Sucks to suck, Leo. Yeah, right? He's a white lighter. He's, He's dead, whatever. Fine. Yeah. And then the the Lazarus demon, like, starts to drop a chandelier on... It does. It, it drops a chandelier on Phoebe, and she's like, ah, my one weakness, chandeliers. <laughs> and Cole is like, no! Don't kill my fiancé, demon who works for me! I mean, no, I'm just a concerned human! <laughs> and the demon's like, oh, you're... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go and he he voips out <laughs> and Paige is like so Paige is like i have suspicions yeah she's like so it seemed like that demon knew you and cole's like oh no she's phoebe's trapped under a chandelier we should handle that situation <laughs> which also <laughs> it seems weird to have a chandelier in the attic but whatever I also it's a good thing leo's there because he just cures phoebe she's fine now again i have some questions about how healing works just because Phoebe gets up and she's like, ow, my back. And it's like, wouldn't healing have made that not hurt? Oh, she's just milking it. She's just milking it. And and everybody's like, well, go sleep because you got to get married tomorrow. And she's like, no, I'm too wired to sleep. And Paige is like, okay, well, between fixing your dress and guarding you from demons, I guess it will also mix up some aromatherapy mush for you. Because I guess that's... I'm I'm the Cinderella. <laughs> Paige is the Cinderella here. Phoebe's the villain in her, in her own story. Yeah, like the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend song. Yeah. Anyway, down in hell, Cole's like, hey, Lazarus Demon, don't kill my fiancé who the seer saw burying the, like, source's child. That would be bad. But not the kind of bad we are. Right. Like, bad for us, which would be good, I guess. Yeah, it would be, which is bad. It's like it's like bizarro <laughs> logic. The underworld works on bizarro logic. He also tells him, you know, you're working for me and you're going to do what I say. And I will make sure that you will never have to see another cemetery again. Mm, that's a very definitive statement, Cole. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, I know Source of All Evil or whatever, but... Although, source of all evil or whatever, it seems like a weird thing to believe. If literally the guy who is the source of all evil makes you a promise, you have to assume that's a promise he's totally cool with breaking. Again, source of all evil. But, like, if you are evil, who do you have to turn to other than the source of all evil? <laughs> I, I just... 
I mean, again, this is why in the Kira stuff, she talks about wanting to be a human because it turns out being a demon sucks. Really? Drake talks about it, too. Honestly, both of those characters are way better than they have any right to be. Huh. It's interesting how Charmed keeps on having compelling demon characters. Because its understanding of morality is bizarre. Honestly, though, I feel like the demons should form a union. Like, they need to unionize and get the source to follow through on his promises. I mean, isn't that what all the factions are about? <laughs> God, the factions. Alright, so, back in the manor, Paige brings Phoebe this jar of cream that she made herself out of, like... Only the finest herbs and spices. Chamomile and patchouli. Yeah, that's that what sounds, you want to... That sounds like it smells disgusting. <laughs> I know, that's what you want to smell like on your wedding, right? Patchouli mixed with anything yeah i mean okay so so phoebe thinks about rubbing it on her face and says couldn't hurt right girl no you're gonna take some unknown herb spread and put it on your face the night before your wedding i know that this is a curse that cole is doing but you deserve this this is a terrible idea. Is this your first day having skin? Right? Like. Also, it was made not for its moisturizing effects. It was made for its aromatherapy effects. I wouldn't even assume that would be something you'd put on your face. Just open it up next to you. God. It. Oh boy, essential oils. Glug, glug, glug. Right? Oh my god. So, anyway, Paige is out guarding so that Phoebe and, and Piper can have a moment. And Piper's all like, you know, weddings aren't really the important thing. The important thing is the marriage, so... Said Piper Hallowell, wife of Leo Wyatt. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she's like, stop, uh, stop stressing about the marriage and just worry about getting married to the person that you love which is good advice yeah she's like look the wed weddings seem big and important when they're going on and it feels like every disaster is the worst thing in the world but it's not shut up you giant baby you just get through it and then it all becomes a pleasant haze where you forget that your big sister's astral self biker hookup <laughs> drove his motorcycle up the steep stone steps to her house burst in through the front door Knocked over my wedding cake, took Prue's astral form out of her body, and then the two of them rode off, destroying the rest of my wedding. She actually does bring that up. She does, and and Phoebe's like, only Prue could make your wedding all about her, says Phoebe. <laughs> I, I was going to follow that up with something, but no, it says Phoebe Hallowell. Yeah, yeah, Phoebe, only Prue, only Prue. Her tertiary power is literally making stuff about her. The empathy. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Tertiary, yeah. Tertiary, right? Yeah, you're you're right. That is, that is kind of making it all about how you feel about what's going on, isn't it? Oh, my God, Piper, you need to turn down your emotions. <sighs> I'm really excited to talk about Phoebe's empathy, too. It's the worst. Anyway, night comes and Cole sneaks into the room to do the curse thing on her skin, even though, like I said, she smeared all this goop on it, so Cole hardly seems necessary. And then Paige hears all of this going down. He's also chanting in Latin, how complicated is it? Or 
fake Latin or something. He's he's chanting in some demonic tongue, and it's like, is it really that hard to give someone a facial rash with magic? Right. He also has some. There's also some sort of material component to yeah, it. Yeah, the potion he was making earlier. This is this is way, this is too many steps, Cole. It's too many steps. Anyway, Paige hears all this going down, and she comes in, and Cole last second transforms into Piper so that he can be like, "Hey, I'm just your sister checking on my sister, and maybe you shouldn't have been in the bathroom. You should have been guarding her." She says, when we're on demon duty, we don't take bathroom breaks. Hmm. It's depressing to me that it's not suspicious to Paige that Piper said this to her. Wait a second. Piper's giving me actual advice about being a witch. Something is horribly wrong. Well, no, I just meant like, you're not allowed to be human when you're on demon watching duty. Whatever. And by the way, well, well, Paige is sitting guarding the door. She's also fixing the gown. And then Cole uses his brain magic to make her fall asleep. Okay. Okay. Didn't need to chant Latin for that one. So to give a woman who had spread an unknown cream on her face a rash, he had to have a magic potion and sit there and chant Latin for like 10 minutes. But to make someone fall asleep, all he had to do was wave his hand. Uh, also, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to... Are you supposed to fall asleep with face masks on? I thought... No! No, every step of this was terrible! <laughs> yeah, I thought you were only supposed to put them on for like 15 minutes. She should not have gone to sleep with this on her face. Anyway, she wakes up the next morning and nobody woke her because everybody fell asleep and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. And how did everyone sleep until 11 o'clock? Magic. Except actually probably magic. I guess when he shot that sleep beam at Paige, it also hit everyone else. Anyway, now now her face is all fucked up and she's flipping out because... She, she's screaming and she's just slapping Paige over and over again. Paige ruined her wedding on purpose. Because she hates Cole. And and Paige is like, I don't hate Cole, uh, but I, I did do several tarot readings and they said that he's definitely an evil demon who's going to kill us all. Right. And Paige's like, hey, did you forget who the precog is in this family? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure if anything was up, I would have had a premonition. Also, Paige, like, pretty logically points out, she's like, this thing is happening to your face. I'm getting bad readings on the tarot card. A demon attacked us last night. Something's trying to stop your wedding. Maybe it's not your loving sister. Maybe something is trying to stop your wedding. But Phoebe just keeps on screeching and screeching at her. Uh, she's, she's so close to tearing her to shreds with her pointy, pointy claws when... Paige is like, wait, I know, I know, the, the vanishing spell. The one spell she does. Honestly, it I, I say it every time it shows up, it is a really handy go-to fix everything spell. Although in this case, it, it doesn't just vanish the rash off of Phoebe's face, it makes her completely invisible. Wah, wah. Okay, but it doesn't make her clothes invisible, so they will make a point to tell us for the rest of the episode that she's walking around naked. Yeah, it sounds like Phoebe. Yes. Well, no. N naked isn't a bizarre, inexplicable outfit. I don't 
know, remember the Lady Godiva episode oh, where right. she destroyed that local business by riding a horse naked through it? <laughs> can't wait! <laughs> can't wait to talk about that one. But she did it because of feminism. <laughs> God. Anyway, she's having a big fit, and which is which is an excuse for the special effects team to like do invisible woman throwing shit around stuff. Which is there an invisibility fetish? If so, in you know, in the, in that case, hey, invisibility fetishists, this episode of Charmed. Only this episode of Charmed, huh? You'd think they would have gone to the invisible well more. No, no, I mean, yeah. Buffy had a couple invisibility episodes. Okay, so Victor comes in and is like, hey, you ready to go? And Phoebe is like, dad, get out of here! And he's like, what? I hear Phoebe, but I don't see her. And then Piper, instead of saying, yeah, which shit? Don't worry about it, dad. Says, oh, no, no, I'm working on my impression of Phoebe. Check it out. Why? Does Piper not remember that their dad knows that they're witches? Why is this even a thing? This is, you know what I'm doing right? Well, I guess I should save it for the segments. So they decide, okay, everybody get dressed. Everybody go to the church. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll stall till the last possible second to figure out making her visible again. Victor came in because he's like, they need the bride. They finished all of the portraits in all of the rooms, which, what? The photographer. Yeah, but is he just taking pictures of Leo? I mean, Cole? <laughs> yeah, he's just taking pictures of, he's like, here's Cole in the solarium, here's Cole in the kitchen, here's Cole in the living room. They have a whole Cole book later to put together. I like to think that he takes pictures of each family individually and then just photoshops them together. So, um... Okay, so I, I, if if the the other Charmed podcast is like our nemesis, mm-hmm. I feel like the Buffy the Gilmore Slayer is like the dark reflection of our podcast. Okay. Yeah, especially because they mentioned us. Because which was nice of them. Yeah, apparently one of y'all started listening to them because we mentioned them, and they were like, "Oh my god, a Charmed podcast is listening to us!" <laughs> they were like, "Oh no." <laughs> anyway. But, of course, I love their Meanwhile on Charmed segments, especially because of how often they're accurate. (laughs) (laughs) No, but there are... Did you forget where you were going with this? Oh, okay, so so they're comedians Mm -hmm. who do it. We we are obviously not comedians, but part of them being comedians is that they do skits about each episode on TikTok. All right. And I just, I feel like if we were to suddenly get inspired to do something like that, I would want to do a skit on TikTok where we actually look at what Phoebe and Cole's wedding album looks like based on this scene. I mean, it's all just pictures of Cole standing in different houses of the room, right? Yeah, yeah, different, yeah. And, and like, other other people with, like, Phoebe being invisible. Yeah, no, I, I just, I just want to see what the awkward, awkward photo album looks like. Leo is trying desperately to get into as many pictures as possible. Oh, my God. Oh, and Daryl just looking super uncomfortable. And then, like, Victor holding up all his porn. Yeah, oh, my God. All right, so so they got Phoebe to the church on time, even though she's still invisible. And, uh... And Cole's all like, Cole's all like, hey, Leo, 
how come we're not getting married? And he's acting like he's super sad about it, even though obviously he's not because he's got a plan. Leo's like, you have to talk to Phoebe. And Cole's like, it's isn't it bad luck for the groom to see the bride before the wedding? And Leo's like, ah, 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 this is perfect for this situation. You have no idea, dude. You have no idea what you just said. It totally works with what's going on back there. Okay, so back in like some back room of the church... Paige and Piper are doing every reversal spell that they can find. And by the way, they're in their bridesmaids' dresses. And considering how terribly Phoebe dresses, I am surprised at how nice these bridesmaids' dresses look. Yeah. Yeah. And... I would totally see her putting them in super hideous ones, too. Right? Yeah, but no. And it's it's a real pretty, like, cerulean blue. Like, yeah. Which was, which was as everyone who has seen... Devil Wears Prada, as everyone knows, that was the color of the season. Mm. So, Cole comes in, and the girls leave him alone with his invisible bride. And then, of course, there's, like, a special effect thing where she waves a a bouquet around to indicate where she's standing. And he's like, oh, honey, do yeah. you want to not get married? Do we not get married right now? Is that a thing we should do? Maybe we should go somewhere else and get married somewhere else. Okay, okay. Can we talk about the bullshit? Can we talk about the bullshit that comes spilling out of her mouth now? Yes, let's. She's like, oh, Cole, I just wanted a perfect wedding. Not for me. For you. Oh, yeah. You're perfect and you deserve a perfect wedding. Homer is my ball's (laughs) name. But seriously, bullshit, Phoebe. This wedding's not for me. Yeah, because yeah, you you know who's you know who's expressed wanting a giant church <laughs> wedding? The demon you're marrying. I just it's it's so bad. If you had asked Cole, he would have been like, "Oh yeah, let's get married at a cemetery at night." Clearly, Cole has had no input in this wedding. But no, I wanted you to have a big fancy human wedding like I knew you always wanted. Oh my god. I wanted you to have the wedding you dreamed of since you were a little girl, I mean. Why don't you try speaking in English instead of contemptible lies? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. God. Anyway. Anyway, he leaves. He leaves and... Oh no, we have to cancel the wedding. Bye, Phoebe. He, he leaves and Piper and Paige come back and Paige is like, oh, I figured it out. We're going to transfer your curse onto me so that I will be the one who's invisible. And you just have a horribly uh, rashed out face. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, no, her but, face is fine now. Her face is fine now. But Paige says that she's going to turn invisible so that. Phoebe understands that she's not trying to stop this fucking wedding. (laughs) Okay. And Phoebe's like, oh, Paige. This isn't going to change my attitude towards you at all. Yeah, I'm definitely not going to be less of a bitch. So, yeah, I guess that works. Even though there's no reason for that to work when the reversal spells don't work. Seriously, 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 come on. But it doesn't matter, you know... She she walks down the aisle and it's like, look at this beautiful bride. And of course, this seer shows up because she is that lady. She shows up and she's like, oh, I'm just a 
old lady here to pay her respects to a young couple in love. And Victor's like, okay, calm down. You're like 40. Also, I just want to point out that she's wearing, um, she's wearing a dress that is not the same color blue as the bridesmaids dresses, but very close. But it's much more of a robin's eggs blue associated generally with the Virgin Mary. Yeah, and she has a kind of a head wrap thing going on too. Yeah. God, I love this year. Hey, look whose outfits are always on point. Yes. I granted she has two of them basically, but God, that red dress she kills that red dress. But Cole asks her, "Where's the Lazarus demon now?" And she's like, "In your room, waiting for you to come back and tell it what to do." And Cole says, "Okay, well, have him come just attack the wedding because they'll definitely call the wedding off if there's a demon attacking." It turns out literally everything I did up to this point has been completely pointless. Yeah, all he needed was the demon. You know, the demon that the seer already summoned. So. The priest starts... Wait! I'm sorry, I just had to say, the wedding! The wedding goes off without a hitch! Because no one gets married. Oh. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good, I like that. Okay, but you were going to say the thing about the priest, who's like... <laughs> Weirdly insistent on finding out if anyone objects to this wedding. Like... A, I don't think that comes to the beginning of a ceremony. No, I mean, it, 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 if, if it's going to be part of the ceremony, yes, it is at the beginning, but he's like... He asks it three times. He's like, maybe, maybe he thinks that there are fairies there, so he has to ask three different times. If anyone has any objections, speak now or forever hold your peace. Seriously, this is your last chance. Speak now. If anyone has literally any objection, come on, lay it on me. It is very important that if anybody knows anything about this couple that they want to talk about, now's the time to air your grievances. It would be completely appropriate right now for anyone to stand up and explain why this is terrible. Paige is so overcome by this desperate plea to stop this couple from getting married that she invisibly picks up a tissue and invisibly dabs a tear away from her eye and then the demon attacks ah! yeah okay i you know what i actually kind of really liked this scene oh no i love this scene because the demon attacks and Paige is fighting it while she's invisible and you just hear her screaming and smashing stuff but she's also like you keep getting married i got this and so and so they do Phoebe's like, keep going, keep going. And he's like, and the priest is like, oh, okay. Even though he hears the sounds of crashing from the rectory behind him. And then Piper's like, excuse me for one minute. And she bursts into the other room and you start hearing explosions and Piper swearing. I love this scene so much. Phoebe's like, it's fine. It's fine. Keep going. And I mean, honestly, if bridesmaids are for anything, are they not for killing the demons so that you can go ahead and get married? love cole's expression through the whole thing because he's like so smug finally finally phoebe's like oh i guess my sisters just can't kill a demon without me and my powers of premonition (laughs) and being able to levitate six feet off the ground (laughs) let's not forget that one so she runs she runs into the rectory where the demon is he picks up a chair to kill her embarrassing (laughs) and cole shouts stop because of course he doesn't want phoebe to die and the demon does stop because you know he's beholden to cole and in that moment of hesitation piper's able to blow him up and is piper really having that much trouble blowing this guy up i don't know but then it's 
they're trying to figure out where Paige is because she's invisible, and then they just see like a pool of blood forming. Cole sees a form, uh, pool of blood, and he points it out to Leo so that Leo can heal Paige. Oh, do you think that that's Cole coming through because the source would have let her die? That is a complicated question because I do think that it is Cole who noticed and thought to bring it to their attention, and I think the source did it because. He knew that he would not be able to get Phoebe to marry him if she was grieving mm. a sister. Yeah, I guess that's true. Because you can read it either way, and I think either read is valid. I personally like to think both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's cool because I was thinking that the source would let her die because that would, as we know, destroy the power of three. But you're right. Phoebe's not going to marry him. I don't know. I feel like he could still... Yeah, actually, uh, he could probably still wrangle that. Oh, no, your sister died. We should get married because... Life is short. Yeah, also people do make a lot of bad decisions around death, so... It's true. Anyway, they call... Anyway, she is fine. They call off the wedding, and as soon as they call off the wedding, she's visible again because the spell was just trying to stop the wedding from happening, and... Piper, who, as we said, it was almost certainly doing the bulk of the work to plan this wedding. By the way, Leo could not sense Paige, even though she was in the room, because her heart had stopped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's some exceptionally shitty white lightering, Leo. You, oh, I can't sense people when they're in too much danger. Oh, <laughs> I can't sense someone when they're shrunken. Yeah, she was shrunken, so her screams were tiny, even though it's psychically controlled anyway piper has to cancel all of the catering and shit cole cole scoops up the the i like how piper's like yeah just send everything to our house yeah what else are they gonna do we're gonna have dinner for the next 300 days right a lot of people showed up to this wedding so cole scoops up the lazarus demon and they're all gonna bring it to the cemetery that night to bury it yeah piper freezes the ashes which is smart of her less smart and they're getting ready to bury the ashes in the cemetery. It's night now. And Paige is like, hey, why don't we find out who the Lazarus demon was working for? And Cole's like, what? And Paige is like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, let him reconstitute. We'll torture him a little bit. Because, by the way, heads up for my character arc later, I get super into torture. She does. So we'll just, you know, beat the shit out of him, find out who he worked for, and bada bing, bada boom, problem solved. So he reconstitutes, and there is no honor amongst demons, which is fair, because the demons. source... Oh yeah, the source promised. Yeah. The source promised he'd never see a graveyard again, and like 30 minutes later, graveyard. Yeah, so he reconstitutes, they're like, who summoned you? He's like, that bastard over there! You said I would never see a cemetery again, yet here we are! And they're all like, oh shit, Cole is evil! And Cole's like, well... Guess the cat's out of the bag. Fireball! And poor Phoebe is like, God damn it, Cole! Cole is a demon again, everyone! Cole is a demon! And then, because the source of all evil is smarter than basically any other character on this show, he transforms into the seer so that he can pretend that he was actually the seer transformed as Cole this whole time. Yeah. That was, that's thinking on your feet source of all evil yes that is more intelligence than you have shown at literally any other point in this show that's more intelligence than most characters on this show show so Paige is like hey look phoebe see it turns out your boyfriend's not actually fiance is not actually a a demon it was just a lady who probably killed him and shapeshifted into him 
She does say that she knocked him out and she left him on the floor of the mausoleum. And Piper's like, so what's up with you? Like, last week you saved us, this week you tried to kill us. And she's like, A, I did not try to kill you. I tried to ruin... Uh, she... Cole. Right. Cole, as the source of all evil, as Cole, as the seer, is like, no, no, I just tried to ruin your wedding because... I foresaw Phoebe becoming the most powerful witch in the universe if she was joined together with Cole's love, and I just couldn't have that happen. But That's really smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's playing to Phoebe's ego, so I guess. No, but also but also, she says she saw it happening if she married Cole. So pushing her... If she her, married Cole today. Pushing her towards that marriage to Cole, yeah. So Cole, the seer, you know, transports to the mausoleum so that she can pretend or so that she can transform back into Cole and be knocked out. And so he can transform back into Right. Cole. Yeah. Yes. They they get it. They understand. Yeah. So And he's like, "Oh no, I was knocked unconscious or whatever, but I'm waking up just as you guys walk <laughs> through the door. I don't have to go to a hospital. I'm human. It's fine. Don't try to heal me though, Leo." So as they're walking through the mausoleum, they walk past a chapel. And Leo's like, hey, there's a chapel in this mausoleum. That's weird, right? Which it's actually not that weird. Yeah. Graveyard church. Seems like they kind of go together a little bit. And hey, look, there's a guy in this mausoleum right now. What if we had an improvised, an impromptu wedding? God, I love these. I love throwing together weddings. It's such a, it's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes sense. It all works. And it's, I, I love that Cole doesn't even have to say anything. It's just it's Leo who's like, hey, there's there's a church here. Everyone it's... we love is here. Not We don't need all those nameless extras. Exactly. So Phoebe's in her dress. Yeah. So this is the thing that you thought was really good, too, where he hands, he, he pulls a rose off of a centerpiece that's in the mausoleum. And when Phoebe takes it, she pricks her finger and he kisses it, thereby drinking her blood. Yeah, I'm sorry. I really like that. I think it's such a smooth way to incorporate, uh, you know, something that theoretically I could see going on at a dark wedding. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming in a regular dark wedding, you just bleed a little bit into a goblet. and then Yeah, know. I'm sure. So, yeah, the dark priest performs the dark wedding in the cemetery at night. And... It's weird because this is a genuinely nice moment, even though it is Cole's evil plan succeeding. Like, Also, it's weird because it's it's a really nice wedding, even though this isn't Cole getting married. This is a, this is a thing that's possessed Cole. Yeah, and that just really works for me. The, the horror and the, I was going to say mundane, but something about like, subverting a holy moment like this just really makes it land really well and the fact that it is played like a regular wedding would be played in charmed yeah well you remember how piper and leo had to get married specifically because the powers that be wouldn't be able to fuck around with them anymore once they were married in the eyes of God, because that's a power greater than the powers that be. Yes. The elders, not the power. What is this, Tomato, angel? tomato, yeah. So here, it's almost like they had to come up with a way that the wedding didn't happen in a church because... Because that would protect, yeah. Yeah. 
there's a lot like i i genuinely think this is one of my favorite episodes of charmed i don't think it's my favorite i still think that the season three finale is my favorite episode of charmed yeah that was a good episode I mean, and this but, this was a good episode as well. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I think it was genuinely well done. Which a lot of my favorite episodes from Charm later, like the one where we found out that Graham's dated a necromancer. Oh my god, I love that episode. Yeah. Or the one where Billy accidentally turns her parents into assassins. I'm joking. No, nothing, that's a terrible episode. No, nothing involving Billy's parents could ever be good. I thought you were going to say nothing involving Billy could be good. Uh, I mean, I am also excited to talk about Billy. I don't actually have that much of a negative opinion of her. I know a lot of people genuinely hate Billy, and I, I understand why she was deeply unpopular at the time. But I actually kind of like Billy conceptually, if not how it gets played, which, you know, is sort of the tagline for Charmed. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Billy, too. So, um, I think that takes us up to our segments. Yes, much like the Charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, where we look into the past, present, and future and see if there are any actors we recognize, which, God, we are spoiled for choice this episode. I mean, I'm sure anybody who has seen this episode knows what we're going to say here. Tony Amendola. Yes, obviously. Obviously, Tony Amendola. Playing the Dark Priest. Yes. So, if you listen to us, the thing you probably recognize him from the most is being Marco or uh, Geppetto. Geppetto on <laughs> Once Upon, Upon a Time. time. Yeah. Uh, yes. We're going season one, Once Upon a Time, although he shows up... He never gets a plot ever again, basically, but he shows up for the rest of Once Upon a Time. You will see him in the town council meetings. But he, yes. Now, even though he was in Once Upon a Time, which we talked about every single episode of, the thing I always think of him as, and, and also he's been, like, in every he, He's episode. a hey, it's that guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would, I would even say he's more than, like, a hey, it's that guy. He's, like, a he's like a supporting player right he's like one of those guys Mm. but the thing that i always think of him as is that he was braytac in stargate he was one of the few actors who appears in both the movie and television show stargate as the same character and of course he stars in the story of me being the nerdiest i have ever been and that is yes and that is when i met him at a con and we were chatting, and I said, so what are you working on now? And he said, oh, um, I'm actually shooting a a movie version of the book Charlie Wilson's War. And I said, oh, I'm actually in a role-playing game right now based on the book Charlie Wilson's War. Okay, I was going to say your conversation with Virginia Hay about body paint would probably be the nerdiest thing you've ever done, but no, that's that. <laughs> Yeah, you might have eclipsed yourself there. Yeah, that's the nerdiest conversation I've ever had. And, and, oh, um, also they should know that we're joking. I mean, we're not joking. Everything we just said is true, but obviously the thing about this episode is that Coolio is the Lazarus Demon. Yes. The Lazarus Demon is played by Coolio, making him one of the very few people to be killed by both the Source of All Evil and the Pines Twins. Yep. And you know what? He does a fine job. He's, like, normally when you get celebrity guests who are more known for music than acting it's kind of a crapshoot but he does no, a good... no, he's yeah i believe him as a lazarus demon he seems like a 
fairly normal, charmed, and minor antagonist. I feel like... Is this the biggest get charmed ever got? It's certainly the least expected. Yeah, he's... God. That's hard because there's so many people who became mega famous later, like Amy Adams, who were in this show. Yeah. And, but... And most of the people... Uh, I guess probably uh drake uh oh yeah yeah although so the thing about the thing about coolio in this episode Mm -hmm. is that like scrolling through peacock looking at the episodes the image for this episode isn't even isn't a still from the episode like every other episode is it's a publicity still showing coolio yeah like, Which is very odd. Like they're very excited that bet, they had Coolio. I bet we're not going to get that when one of the Charlie's Angels is on the show later. Yeah, I I feel like I feel like at the time they were probably most excited about Coolio. Yeah. What about Booker T. Bagwell or the other wrestler from that defunct wrestling company whose name? Oh I don't yeah. Oh. Was Ron Perlman big yet? Yes. But again, he, I, I just don't, I don't think it's the same as Coolio. It's just not the same. All right, that'll bring us to our second segment, time freeze. What specifically dated this episode? Did you have something? I I do. I know I said it as a joke, but cerulean was the color of the time. Phoebe's tiny bangs are still here, and I know they were also the style at the time. They're less awful than they were last episode, but... I, I know we don't... Yes. and we, we, we try not to do fashion or hairstyles, but that's a very specifically dated look. I feel like Cerulean is important, though, because not, it's not just that bit in... It's, Devil Wears Prada. It's not just that bit in Devil Wears Prada. It was a big thing at the time. In fact, I remember... I remember at this time reading a little blurb in TV Guide where they mentioned how weird it was that Caroline in the City and Seinfeld had both made jokes around the word Cerulean on the same week, like, just randomly. Um, and I, I remember and I remember both of them. Like, I'm, I'm telling you this without having to look it up. In Caroline in the City, the guy that explains a lot because he was one of the gay coded guys that was in fact presented as a love interest at the time as was the style at the time and really like <laughs> formed my basis for what i found attractive in men and just caused me a lot of problems in college anyway <laughs> he was like the colorist for caroline's comic because oh. she, she was basically kathy geith white is that the premise of carolyn in the city yeah i thought it was like i don't know woman mary city no, no. Car- That's how Sex in the City should have ended. Carrie should have married New York. Caroline in the City was the name of the comic strip she did, which was basically Kathy. Hmm. And then she needed to get this curmudgeonly guy to be her her colorist, and then they fall in love eventually. Even though he's clearly, clearly, clearly coded gay. Anyway, he, in the episode, he, like, freaks out because he can't find his cerulean blue crayon or yeah. pastel thing. And then also... That that week on Seinfeld, Seinfeld gets pulled over by the cops, and he's like trying to flirt with the lady cop who pulls him over, and he compliments her lovely cerulean uniform. Like I don't know what it was at the time, but I it 
it imprinted on me so much that I remember both jokes and the TV guide calling out the fact that both TV shows had had a joke about it the same week. So yeah, it was the color of the time. Everyone knew it. Including Miranda Priestly. It's my time freeze. Uh, yeah, minus just Phoebe's bangs again, which I know <laughs> I can't keep going back to her bangs, but they're un untalkaboutable. All right. All right, I believe that will take us to our final segment. Oh, wait! Oh, do we have one of our secret powers? Okay, I do have secret powers, but we can't move We can't move off time freeze before I bring up Victor bringing porn on VHS tapes to the bachelor party! <laughs> oh my god, how did I forget that? That is an aggressively of the time thing. <laughs> Alright, now we can move on. I'm sorry, I just... The fact that you had to use to buy, like, a projector to do stag films on. Okay, but even after that, when you when videotapes were normal and, and not expensive, porn VHSs were still extraordinarily expensive. So you would go, you would go to, like, the, the sex store and you would spend, like, 50 bucks on a porn VHS. That, you know, I asked earlier this episode why straight guys watched porn together. That's the answer. <sighs> I, I actually read this really interesting thing this person wrote about how they own this, like, vintage porn tape that they can't watch. Because uh -huh. it's not VHS. It's from something before VHS. Betamax? No, like, before Betamax. Okay. Uh, it's, like, it's called, like, Red Something or Something Red. And it's, it's this thing that existed for, like, two years in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And you didn't need a VCR. You needed to buy a special kind of TV to oh, watch God. this tape. Yeah, you needed a whole special TV to watch a tape. Again, this thing existed for like two years. They made a small handful of videos for it. One of which is a piece of pornography this person owns but can never watch or transcribe because they, it's like impossible to find the TVs that play the tapes. But I was like, it's such an interesting story about kind of how media gets lost yes yeah anyway you said you had uh um oh, i'm sorry we should move to the third power in our pack uh telekinesis what if anything genuinely moved you this episode i really like the wedding at the end i know it's evil winning or whatever but i really like the wedding at the end for me it's Paige's pool of blood like invisible page and then just seeing the blood and being like oh my god that's uh yeah. that hits me hard it's a really effective moment especially because like cole is the only one who notices and it takes him a beat to decide to tell everyone and and let me go ahead and point out effective moment done cheap yeah yeah so yeah and i i do i do have a secret power Ooh, what's your secret is it is it molecular combustion did something non-canonical happen in this episode you know what i'm gonna be honest with you something probably did but no it's astral projection oh what made you uh what made you cringe so hard you wanted to physically leave your body? I hinted at it when it happened, but when Piper's like, "Oh no, I'm just perfecting my Phoebe impression." Oh my no. god. Why? No. Why? I thought you were going to tag that as molecular combustion because Victor knows they're witches. Well, actually, you know what? I can see them not wanting to talk about it because it's awkward because of everything just witch crap go like come on uh, 
Well, next week, as we hinted, we're going to finally get Ask Phoebe. Yay. Although the episode description doesn't mention that at all. The episode description for The Fifth Hallowell. I'm sorry. The Fifth Hallowheel. Right? Like a fifth wheel. Uh. Is Paige feels out of place among her happily married older sisters and their spouses. Now, if you want to hear a, I'm going to call it rough draft version of this. We oh, actu- God. Yeah, we actually did this. Speaking of our Once Upon a Time podcast, as an April Fool's Day prank, lo so many years ago, we did this episode of Charmed. So if you go to uh, Welcome to Storybrooke, our Once Upon a Time podcast, and scroll down a whole bunch, you can probably find it and then get a rough idea of what next week's episode is going to sound like. I'm sorry, the week after next. Yeah, because we do this every other week. Yeah. So, we did it as an April Fool's joke, and we did it, because April April 1st was on a Sunday that year, so we did it the week that we would have, what, what we did was we, we acted as though we had been doing Charmed the entire time, that we were doing Once Upon a Time. And since we were four seasons and however many episodes deep into Once Upon a Time, that was the episode of Charmed we did. Which is to say, if you want to scroll down and find it, it's season four, episode 16. There you go. If you want to find it, I'm sure it is rough. Eh, yeah, also we made up a bunch of running gags, which I'm sure don't correlate with any of the running gags that we, you know. Oh, should we listen to it and see if any of those actually did become running gags? Uh, yeah, yeah, we should probably listen to it again. I remember us bringing up Aviva, which we do bring up Aviva quite a bit. I remember, I remember how hard it was to keep the sisters straight when we were talking. Like, I know, I know which sister is which, but talking about it, I remember I kept slipping and saying Piper instead of Phoebe or Paige instead of... Yeah, you, you just, you need to fall into the habit of it. Well, I'm, honestly, I, I shouldn't say it because it... I, I will jinx it saying it, but I'm surprised how much it's not an issue with this podcast. Yeah, it happens, but not as often as you'd think. Yeah, yeah. Initially, I was gonna I was gonna have recordings of us saying all of the sisters' names, so we could just splice them in if we needed to, if we said the wrong name. But we have not done that. We haven't needed to. So I think that's gonna do it for this week. I don't think he actually talked about what next episode's about. <laughs> Yeah, I did it during the description and everything. Paige feels like a fifth wheel. Okay, cool. You're going to edit this episode and you're going to be like, oh, she did. She did say it and then I said she didn't because we got distracted by talking about other shit. Okay, I will cut Don't this. Don't cut any of this. Yeah. Don't cut any of this. Oh. Let them know. Okay, okay. So I think that does it for this week. I believe that will do it for this week. <laughs> our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or you can email us at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. <laughs>